0: upon you he makes you do things that you don't actually know that you do Um, along about the same time that pastor randy had asked me to do this kent called more than me one sunday morning to pray and people came to me and told me what a great prayer that was and actually the only thing i can remember about that prayer was i asked god to bless his messenger. The rest of that, I don't know where it came from. Uh, But uh, it was something that just welled up inside of me, and I couldn't control it if I would have wanted to. I couldn't have stopped until the Holy Spirit got done for me to quit talking. But anyway, there are many different versions, many different uh, Bibles that people read. Uh, King James, New King James, English, Living Bible, Uh, There's many, many different interpretations of the Bible. But tonight we're going to talk about a Bible that, uh, you know, you can't find it on a shelf. You can't buy it in a bookstore. Uh, And talking about the other Bibles, as long as a Bible reads and does not take out that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, um, that he walked... And he talked and he he taught while he was on this earth that he died on the cross. And he arose the third day and lives today. That's the most important part, I think, in the Bible. I've told many people, if you believe those things right there and let Jesus Christ come into your heart, let the Holy Spirit work with you, all the rest of it, Jesus Christ will clean you up and make you the way he wants you to be. But anyway, this Bible that we're going to talk about tonight... Uh, He's a Christian, you know. I tell people lots of times that uh, you as a Christian might be the only Bible that some people is going to read. And believe me, they do read you if you're a Christian. They're watching you every day. They don't don't only watch you on Sundays, but they'll watch you on Monday. They'll watch you on Thursdays. They might even watch you on Saturday night to see where you go. Uh, to, see what you're, to see what you're saying, uh, to see who you're visiting with and communicating with. Uh, you know, there are many different characteristics of a Christian. And that's what we need to portray when we are to be a witness for Jesus Christ. The characteristics of a Christian, uh, Christian some of the characteristics, there's more, is to be faithful, prayerful. To be wise, to be virtuous, humble, obedient, charitable, giving, and forgiving. Uh, You know, I know that we can't always live a perfect life. And there's no person that ever has lived a perfect life except Jesus Christ. You know, Adam, it's a crazy thought. I told, just like I told Pastor Randy, he gave me too much time. It was too many crazy thoughts went through my brain, uh, and my brain is not that big anyway. Uh, but just imagine, there's a great big chalkboard. This chalkboard is, goes from here all the way to the sky. And you have six inches, or I have six inches on this chalkboard, and I'm supposed to write my shortcomings my uh my faults uh on this chalkboard just to sort of keep a record of it you know you start on there you know that uh well god i'm sorry you know that i didn't hadn't been praying as much as i should here lately god i'm sorry i haven't i haven't been visiting the sick like i should have uh you know god i'm sorry that the other day when i was in that crowd of men at work and they told that joke i'm sorry but i I couldn't keep from laughing, you know. That's the things that, you, that I would write on this. And, you know, I'm sort of short. This talk board starts here. As you get up higher, you know, you can't reach. And there's a ladder there. So I reached, got this ladder. Well, I started up this ladder, you know, and I was writing all of my faults down as I would climb this ladder. You know, just had a little bit of space, so I had to write sort of this way. And I looked at that piece of chalk that I had, and I was about to run out of chalk. And I felt something or noticed a movement around me, and I looked, looked around and looked down. Old Ricky Cochran was standing right there at the bottom of the ladder, right there at the chalkboard. And I said, hey, Ricky, I said, uh, throw me a piece of chalk. I said, I need to get finished up so, so I can get down off this ladder. But, you know, we all have faults. We all, we all have things that, we're not, that we do that we're not proud of. Okay? In our in our walk. We all have things. We all do things uh, that we're not proud of. You know, I work with a group of men down at the asphalt company and I had a guy told me uh, it's either Saturday or Sunday. He said, you know, uh, what we worked, we ran asphalt Sunday afternoon. Pat, preacher, forgive me that I worked Sunday afternoon. But I did come to church Sunday morning and Sunday night. But, uh, We were talking about that, and I told him, I said, well, I don't mind helping you, but I won't miss church. So after church, I went and got my dump truck, and I haul mix. But anyway, this guy was telling me, he said, you know, he said, Bob, he said, I appreciate you coming and helping us. And he said, I know how you live. He said, I know how you are. But he said, you don't don't run it down our throats. He said, you don't push it on us. But he said, we all know that when we have a problem, we know where we can come to and who we can talk to. And that's sort of the way it's been, you know. Uh, So you need to live that life in front of them as best as you can. You know, uh, I've told a lot of people down through the years, as they are witnessing, working in and around their, their, their friends and stuff, that possibly that they are the only Bible that they're going to read you know as we walk and we talk we should portray these characteristics of Christ every day you know are you faithful to the word are you faithful to Jesus are we being prayerful We should express wisdom in our actions that we do each and every day. We should live a virtuous life. We're to be humble and obedient, you know. Uh, patience. That's where my problem is right there. I'm a, I'm a patient person, but I want it right now. Uh, you know, uh, we're supposed to be charitable giving and forgiving you know in our walk because each and every person that you see in walmart uh, they watch you you know they you might not know them personally but i see a lot of people in in walmart or or different stores they look familiar Carolyn embarrasses Carolyn, but usually I will wind up walking up and say, hey, I said, you go to the palace? He said, yeah. You know, that's, that's the negative thing about going to a large church is you go to church with people that you have no idea who they are, but you know their face. And you recognize them when you see them at Walmart, at the restaurant, different places of that nature. You know, I met a person... Uh, just recently, and uh, Carolyn had some painting done at the house. And uh, Mike was the painter, but he didn't do much work. Uh, <laughs> he he had somebody else come and do the painting. Uh, but I got talk, talking to this gentleman, and he started telling me his story about how he lived and where he lived before he came to know the Lord. He said, there was a guy that came to see me. And what I'm getting at is when we are witnessing to people, we need to build a relationship with them. He said, this guy came to my house six weeks in a row. He said, he'd tell me about Jesus. He'd tell me his, his, uh, his testimony He'd tell me how good Jesus was. He'd tell me that Jesus loves you. He'd tell me, he said, Jesus died for you. And he would leave. And he said, all these thoughts was going through my mind. And he said, I couldn't shut them off. He said, I didn't know what to do with them. But he said, the next week, this gentleman came back again. He said, I lived in St. Louis. He said, there was a bar right across the street from my house. And this guy had left his house. He thought, you know, said, I'm going to go over to that bar and have a few drinks and see if I can get my mind to shut down to get these thoughts out of my head. He said, I went over to that bar and he said, I walked in. He said, I walked up to the bar and ordered a drink. He said, the bartender it there on the bar in front of me. He said, I reached pick up that glass and said the jukebox started sing, playing a song you ever heard of the kindles I know songs that they had heaven is just a sin away he said that song started playing on the jukebox and he said I was sitting there and said I was holding that glass in my hand and he said you mean Jesus you'd even come in a place like this for me And he said, set that glass down. And he said, I went home. He said, I told my wife, he said, we've got to go to church this Sunday. He said, I've got to get this man off my back. He said, if I go go to church, maybe he'll leave me alone. He said, I went to church. You know, long story, short story, the Holy Spirit moved. He was saved. Since then, he said, I have witnessed to my friends, my family, and he said, I've led a lot of them to the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, So build those relationships as we endeavor to do this harvest. People, the harvest is on us right now. It's here. you know there are people in this world that only i can witness to and touch only my personal my my testimony is what's going to touch people some people in this world there are people in this world that only your personal testimony is going to touch them you know In the harvest team, there are sowers, there are cultivators, and there are reapers. You know, some are going to sow the seed. Some are going to come by and hoe around it, sort of pull the weeds out, pour a little water on it. And then when the Holy Spirit is right, then there's going to be somebody come in and going to reap that, that person right there, that harvest. But sometimes, and it's great when this happens, the Holy Spirit allows you to be all three. He works real fast. There are some times that when you can go and visit someone to, to witness to them, and the Holy Spirit has been there before you got there, and when you get there, that person is already the Holy Spirit is dealing with them and and it moves rapidly. When you present the word to them, the Holy Spirit falls on them. They accept Jesus Christ and they're saved. And that's great. (laughs) That's great that it happens that way. But it doesn't always go that way. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes, you know, you have to spend a lot of man hours maybe to win one soul for Jesus Christ. You know, Pastor Randy, I've got two or three of these things that I, I say you gave me too much time. I've got two or three of these things that's going through my mind. You know, some time ago you challenged us as a church, one of your sermons, that if we could win one person to Christ, how big would this church be this time next year? You know, we say that we have somewhere around Thousand eleven hundred members. We have six seven seven hundred fifty people on a Sunday morning. Just think what it would be if if a Sunday morning we had seven hundred people, and we all went out and we done our job as as a witness. And next Sunday morning we had fourteen people, fourteen hundred people in this auditorium. (laughs) Next Sunday morning we'd have twenty eight hundred people. Wouldn't that be great? You know that is what the harvest. Is all about. But some people cultivate, some people sow, some people cultivate, and some people harvest. It says that the field is white, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. People, we are the laborers, we are the ones that's supposed to do the footwork for Jesus Christ. You know, he told his disciples to go ye therefore into, into all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and baptize them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. You know, that is our job. We are to go into the nations. We are to go into the, into the fields. You know, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth, of the world. You know, a few years ago, a couple of years, two or three years ago, Pastor Randy told us about a vision that he had. I've heard Pastor Kent talk about it. But in this vision, if I remember correctly, Pastor, Pastor Randy had this vision, and he could see the cars that was coming over the hill on PP Highway of the people that was coming to this church. Um, you know, I was thinking about that. Randy's vision. And then I got to thinking about Elijah when he was praying for rain. And he sent his servant to see what he could see if there was a if there was a cloud, if there was any rain coming. And the servant would go and he would come back. He said, I don't see anything. He sent him seven times. But on the seventh time, when he went, he came back. And he said, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand rising up out of the sea. You know, that sea, to me, in my mind, I saw that sea as the world. Our world that we live in today, that sea is the world. You know, in my mind's eye, you know, this popped in while I was studying for this and while I was putting it together and I was thinking about it. But I would think about this during the day. While I was driving the truck, these thoughts would go through my mind. The scriptures and stuff would go through my mind. And then I would go home and I'd sit down at the computer desk and I'd sit there and I'd write for a while. In my mind's eye, I saw Pastor Randy standing right here. He was preaching about the multitudes. He was preaching about the harvest that's coming he was preaching and telling us that we need to be ready are we ready for that and he was preaching you know and he was doing his very very best the Holy Spirit was moving and just like Elijah Pastor Randy looked at Chuck Richards and he said Chuck he said would you run to the foyer he said would you look out and come and tell me what you see And Chuck went to the foyer and he come back. He said, well, he said, I see a few cars coming over the hill there at PP Highway. Nothing, you know, we've seen a few there. Well, Pastor Randy kept preaching. He kept preaching and he was preaching so hot. He was preaching so hard. And he said, Chuck, he said, would you go look one more time? And tell me what you see. Chuck went out to the foyer, and that, white, that time when Chuck Richardson came back, he wasn't walking. He was at a high lope. He came right up and right up here. He said, "Randy, he said, "I see cars as far as you can see coming over the hill." He said, "They've all got their left signal light on." They wanted to turn into the church road. He said, "I looked out, I head out the door this way and that way." He said, "The parking lots are full. There's nowhere for the cars to park." And he said, "I looked down the hill, and he said the cars were pulling off on the sides of the road there, and the people were walking, or they were running." up the hill, coming up the steps to the front of the church. Oh, people, the harvest is here. You know, it is not something that we have to wonder, when is it going to take place? The harvest is here right now. Have we done our job? Are we ready for this harvest? Are we ready for the harvest? When those people start coming in, are we ready to receive them? You know, Jesus Christ said, it doesn't make any difference what they are. It doesn't make any difference if they're a drug addict or if they're a a prostitute or if they're a, a homeless person. It doesn't make any difference if they're a banker. It doesn't make any difference if they're a lawyer. Whatever they are, he said, Bring them in. Let the Holy Spirit visit with them. And he said, then I'll clean them up. He said, I will make them the way that I that I need them to be so they can carry on and help us with the harvest. You know, God says that he's going to use this church for a jump start. Do you ever have a battery on your car that... When you go out and you hit the key and it goes click, 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 click. You know, you grab a set of jumper cables and you have to stick it on there. You have to jump start it. God said He's going to use this church as a jump start station for Christians. You know, of this multitude that comes in, we might not, might not get to keep all of them. But we're going to, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, is going to sow the seed in them. And just like in the days of the disciples when Jesus sent them out, they're going to go back to their churches that they, where, where they originally started from. And they're going to start that harvest in that church right there. Yes. You know, I, I'm a Gideon. We as Gideons, we pass out, we hand out Bibles. You know, that's great that we hand out 1,000, 1,500 Bibles at a Three Rivers College or at a different functions that we go to. That's great. But just handing them a Bible, we can't really be sure that they ever read that Bible. But if we tell them our personal testimony, if we tell them, hey, did you know Jesus Christ loves you? Did you know Jesus Christ died for you? Did you know that he's waiting on you right now? That if you will just come and ask him, say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, that he's going to wrap his big old arms around you. And he's going to love you like you've never been loved before. He's going to love you like you have never, ever had a relationship with anyone before. You know, when I was a young man, first young Christian, I was a Sunday school superintendent at a small country church. My girls were small. Uh, we had a, I can't remember if it was a revival, if it I can't remember what it was, But anyway, I had sort of opened up, and then I had gone back to sit with Carolyn to help her with girls. Well, in the break time, uh, when they took, it was a singing is what it was, and when they took their their break, their intermission, and then I went back up front and started again. Well, I sat down on the front row instead of going back middle ways there where Carolyn and the girls were at. I sat down on the front row the last half of that sermon service was so much better because I was there closer to Jesus Christ. You know, that's what he says that we need to build that relationship with the people that we witness to, but also we need to build that relationship with him, with Jesus Christ. You know, people think that when they're saved, and I used to think this, I used to get really upset with Jimmy Swaggard when he would tell me that if you don't speak in tongues, uh, that you don't have the full everything that you're supposed to have. And I used to really get mad, Kent, because I was a good old Methodist boy, and I didn't hardly ever miss church. But when Jimmy Swagger would tell me that I didn't have everything that I was supposed to have because I wasn't baptized with the Holy Ghost and didn't speak with utterance of having speaking in other tongues, I used to get mad because that's not right because I, I feel like I'm, I know that I'm saved. And I was saved. I was saved. But in 99... We started coming to a little, well it wasn't a little church, it was a big church on Ninth and Cedar when we started going there. Pastor Kent would tell me about these things and he would preach these sermons and I would be so excited that he didn't want to go home at night on Sunday nights. You know, usually on a Sunday night, Sunday morning we had a decent service, but Sunday night is where the service was at. It started at 6 o'clock and if we were out by 9, 30 or 10, we were doing really, really good. Uh, but when you get that next level, when Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit folk, visits you and you are baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other, in other tongues, you step up another level. That helps you in your witness. Yes. It doesn't make you any more saved. That's right. It doesn't make you any more saved, but it helps you with your witness. That's right. It helps you. It gives you a boldness that you didn't have before. <laughs> it gives you a boldness. You know that an old country boy like me, that's so bashful, he wouldn't hardly say hello to his girlfriend. It'll give you a boldness like you've never had before. You know, I, I. It amazes me. I cannot. I've watched you people. You, several of you people here, can just fall right into speaking, praying, in an unknown tongue, and I, 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 I wanted to do that. I, I would love to do that, but I can't. I cannot. The only time that that it affects me or touches me. I'm one of these guys that sits back there and just sort of hangs on till your till your fingers turn white. And then the Holy Ghost says, Well are are you gonna turn loose or are you gonna sit there and, and, and miss a blessing? So I'm one of those type right there, but usually when it starts then I can't quit. I don't I can't I don't know when to shut up. You know, God is good. He is so good. So tonight, when we go into prayer, I'm going to ask you, do you have a burden for the lost? You know, would you come around this altar, would you ask Jesus Christ? Would you ask the Holy Spirit to give you a burden for the lost? Give you a burden for the harvest that is here. And we don't have to wait on the harvest Because the harvest is here. You know, Susan Tedwell was talking in Sunday school class a couple of weeks ago. And she had said that that when she was younger, she was always afraid that if she really submitted and committed 100% that Jesus Christ would send her into the mission field. I said, Susan, I said, you're already in the mission field at Copper Top. I said, you're in the mission field every day. Uh, you know, we are in a mission field. We don't have to go to uh, Africa. We don't have to go to Afghanistan or to China. When we walk out those doors, we're in a mission field. Um, Ricky Cochran and I—we've been praying for Josh Cochran for a year or longer. Uh, Rick, uh, Josh is in is in the um, mission field in the. In the city works department of the city of Popper Bluff. We've been praying for him that that he would be a witness. That he would be a a bright light in that mission field right there. But people, when you work, if you still work, uh, you don't know how many people you're affecting. You don't know how many people you're touching. You don't know how many people are reading you like a book. So as we come, if you would come around, pray for God that he's going to touch you, that he's going to put a burden for the harvest on your life.